Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be discussing things we would skip in the Disney parks. This is going to be a fun episode because last time we we talked extensively and covered all six theme parks um, about our ideal day. And so... This is the the complete opposite of that. You know, what we're going to skip, what we don't need to do. Um, This should be a lot of fun, I think. I think so, too. I think there's going to be a lot of hot takes that some people may, um, you know, punch their podcast screen over. But, um, you know, we'll see. It's just personal opinion. Yeah. That's all. So these are going to be 10 things that we can totally skip when we're in Disney. We're going to talk a little bit about um, Disney World and Disneyland alike, or Disney World and Disneyland Resort alike, I should say. Uh, So if you want to kick us off with number one. This one's going to hurt somebody's feelings. Whoever it is will survive. The first thing we would skip every time is the Hall of Presidents. Yeah, I'm going to say the Hall of Presidents slash great moments with Mr. Lincoln because they're very similar to each other. They are. So I'm going to say that one. Um, Same animatronics. Yeah. I... I so yeah, I've seen great moments with Mr. Lincoln a lot, and it has changed and evolved over the years. Um, and I've just never loved it. The when I first went on it, you had to put on these giant headphones with this uh Dolby style sound, and it was super upsetting because you were cosplaying that you were in a uh, barbershop. And they were cutting your hair so you can hear like scissors around your ears for cutting your hair and looking presentable for the president. It was super stupid. (laughs) That's very odd. Um, And Hall of Presidents to me just seems like something I don't want to do at all. All the new presidents just have these terrible dead eyes. And I've seen it. I haven't been to it because I could skip it every time. Um, I've looked it up on YouTube just because I wanted to know what the deal was. And I just... We watched this YouTube video after we got back from our last Disney trip. Um, The time before that we went, it was actually under construction to add in. I forget which president. It must have been. It was somebody. It was Trump, Biden, someone. Yeah, one of the most recent presidents. They were adding men. So um, we didn't get to see it that last time. But during our trip this past summer... We were like, yeah, we could probably skip that. So we watched a YouTube video to see what it was all about. You know, if you're a history buff and you want to get out of the hot Florida sun, go ahead and take a seat in the auditorium and watch this show. But it was kind of long and you didn't really learn too much. No. And I mean, it was so bad that even on YouTube, um, and I have YouTube premium because I don't, you know, I want to skip the ads and stuff like that. I was buffering and skipping through this thing like crazy because I was like, get to the point. And then when I think we watched it when Biden was talking and I was like, ugh, this is just, I don't want to watch any of these speeches by anybody. Right. And it's um, this is not a political stance no, at all. This no. is literally just all of the presidents that they had speak a little bit. It was yeah. such a short little spiel. And the latest president, um, when you go and see it, just recites the... I think at the inaugural speech or something like yeah, that. Yeah, part or of the inaugural speech. Yeah. I mean, you're right. This is not political at all because if this was like great inventors, you know, like Alexander Graham Bell and and Tesla and Einstein or whatever, I'd be like, "Uh, I don't want this either. This is boring. Right. Um, Not to say we don't like history. I don't really think we need to defend it. It's just not, it's just not great. 
it's right. really not that fun. Um, and it's and also the presidents that they pick to speak. It's it's really like the cool kids table. So I think yeah. Gro- Grover Cleveland really gets the short end of the stick. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 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 rough out there. Um, I would skip it every time. Yeah, I think I think for those of you who are not super into history or don't really have an interest in this. You can afford to skip this one. We we definitely choose to skip this one. And the animatronics, when when this was new, um, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln was novel. I mean, people went crazy for it. But now it's 2022, and so these animatronics don't seem as special anymore. But they've they've tried to keep up with it the best they could. So Disney's trying. It fits in with the Liberty Square area in Magic Kingdom. Um, but this is something we could definitely skip every time. Yeah, I mean, I think that one thing they should do to try to make it really, really fun is um, they should, like, throw in Brian Cranston as Lyndon B. Johnson, um, you know, from, like, one of the movies or whatever, and have, like, celebrity uh, celebrities who have played presidents be in it. That would be far more interesting be entertaining. to me. And I would, I would, I would love that. Um, or, like, Michael C. Hall as Kennedy from The Crown or whatever. Um, yeah, I would, they could I would do a lot with that, that all day. <clears throat> okay, so right. let's talk about number uh, the second thing that we could skip every time. What do you and got? that two. is going to be the Tomorrowland Speedway slash Autopia. Uh, Autopia in Disneyland. Yeah, it's it's the same thing too. Um, I never liked this ride even as a kid. I like the driving rides. I think they're fun, but they were more exciting when I was little because I felt like even though I don't have my license, I can operate this vehicle and I'm kind of forced onto this track. But I don't know. It's kind of like it seems, again, sort of like a a go-kart with less freedom. Yeah, the the restrictions on it with the barrier and between your wheels is, is such a drag. And right. it it doesn't go very fast. It's not that fun. Um, it's really embarrassing to get on it and have everyone watching you get on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I didn't like it. I really did not like anything about it. So I don't have a lot to say about this one besides I can just hard pass. I think for me, um, because Tomorrowland is my favorite area in Magic Kingdom, I'm so drawn to pretty much everything else in Tomorrowland. Like, I would do the people mover 20 times before I would go wait in line for the Tomorrowland Speedway um, or Space Mountain or go eat at Pizza Planet or something. Like, that's I, – I would just rather do anything else in Tomorrowland than the Tomorrowland Speedway. And it's not really so much of a cut at that ride. Just I could skip it. There's nothing that draws me over there to that ride when I feel like I can do – a similar experience, you know, if we want to go race go-karts or something and I can bump into you or we can go do bumper cars somewhere. It just seems less exciting than any of those options. You actually got me thinking, though. I would rather ride Autopia than have, um, or Tomorrowland Speedway than have um, the Pizza Planet Pizza. Oh, it's super oh, bad. Well, <laughs> so I don't maybe, think it's terrible. Maybe I can put it in an asterisk there. Um yeah, even you know, even getting on the uh, the monorail in Disneyland—that's right in um, Tomorrowland. It is essentially uh, directly overlooking Autopia. And when I look at it, I'm like, oh man, I just I can't even deal with this. 
Don't you have like your little license from Autopia? Oh yeah, when yeah. You were a little kid. Yeah, I do. That's cute. I was proud of it, but um, it doesn't mean the ride's good. Well, no, but that's a cute little thing. If you've got kids, they yeah. probably will love this a lot more than adults or even older kids. Because yeah. I don't even remember the last time I rode this. It's really uh, been I, a long time. I rode it in college at one point, like freshman and sophomore year of college. Um, but I think that was it the last time I did it. Um, and I don't even know if they give out paper license anymore. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably, been a very long time since you yeah, got that. You probably get like an NFT or something. Um, number three, take us away. This one, you know, the Carousel of Progress. The biggest thing for me, and I, I can't speak for Steven, but we've talked about this ride extensively. And I think... Th- I think with this ride, it's just, it's very outdated. Um, it it takes you through the 20th century kind of as a whole and the innovative new technologies that this family, this all-American family is experiencing. Um, again, with these same old animatronics, which were very exciting in their time. Was this one of those World's Fair things, too? Yeah, exactly. This was definitely one of those World's Fair kind of things. Um, I mean, again, super innovative when it came out. Extremely cool. And the only nod that I would... I mean, it it is cool for what it is. And the biggest nod I would give it to it is how revolutionary it was for um, getting people on the ride and how many people you could fit on that thing uh, based on the different showrooms and how they all just kind of go around it. Well, and that part is neat. The actual mechanics of how you rotate in the building instead of the... Yeah, but I mean, good mechanics does not a good ride make. So well, exactly. That is why it is on our list here. Yeah, and then the thing that's weird about Carousel of Progress too is how they've just utterly failed at making the progress work in the uh, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two. You know, the last thing, the last time I saw it, it was at the end of it. Um, you kind of had all of um, you kind of had all of the uh, the family kind of gathered around and what you know, was supposed to be um, this uh, um, really high-tech, interesting living room area where they had, like, a robotic dog. And I think the son was playing with, like, some kind of a VR kit that looked, frankly, like Homer Simpson doing the motion capture of the dog in season 12, um, which, I mean, was forever ago, right? So uh, even just the futuristic aspects of it just still don't feel that great. Well, because it's kind of like they took the Jetsons as their inspiration instead of actual modern day technology. Yeah, and it's it's darn near impossible for them. Uh, Tomorrowland in general, but even just for that ride to be able to keep up with, you know, what's going on in the world. Well, Um, because technology is changing so much faster within the last, you know, 15, 20 years than from the early 1900s up until the 80s you know what i mean yeah and i don't mean i don't want to like stir up you know any kind of trouble but i was i was even surprised because in one of the early scenes of the show you know the guy is sitting in his chair smoking his (laughs) pipe and his wife does something he's like oh women 
dumb. She's I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like putting up the wallpaper and he's like telling her to go make him a sandwich or something. Yeah, like, he's kind like of a she's jerk. working and he's like, okay, I'm not doing anything but sitting in the recliner. Can you make me food and do all the housework? Yeah, I mean, to call it progress is dubious at best. Um, and I just saw that this was um, opened originally in 1964-65, the New York World's Fair. So. I was going to guess New York because I don't yeah. think – I always want to say Chicago because the Chicago's World's Fair sounds right, but right. I was pretty sure it was New York. Yeah. Yep. So this was innovative in the 60s, um, and they've tried to keep up with it. But again, like we said, it's very hard to keep updating a ride that is supposed to be talking about changing technology and – um, modern day when that changes so quickly, Disney would spend so much money just in trying to keep up with that. Whereas they have to do that with a lot of things. They try to keep up with Epcot. They try to keep up with, you know, um, Spaceship Earth and all of the technology in there. So they have to kind of pick and choose. And because this was such an icon coming from the World's Fair in the 60s, um, it's sort of like, what do you change do you change it? Do you try to keep up with the time? So this one for us, we could skip it. We've seen it before. We don't really need to see it. Yeah, and don't get us wrong. Like we do not, we don't hate this ride. In fact, we don't really hate any of the rides we're talking about. No, um, it's just a skip. And and furthermore, one of our Patreon tiers is the Progress sponsor. And if you look at it, you know, hint hint, <laughs> um, you will see a picture of Mr. Progress himself and his in his in his lazy boy. Um, so, I mean, we, we think it's fun. I mean, it's, he's clever and interesting, and the whole thing is just fun to look at. But, yeah, skip it. Get me on that people mover. Or, gosh, at this point, I'd rather have my photo in front of the, uh, the purple wall. So, uh, I think I get to jump into the next one here. Yep, number four. Number four. So, the fourth, fourth one on our list that we can totally skip out on, and maybe this one's really divisive, too. But I don't know if it's going to be as divisive as, as I think it would be is Journey into Imagination, a.k.a. that ride with Figment. Um, Bless Figment. This ride straight up just was not great. I I, I, I went to Epcot in my adult years, so I never really got to experience Epcot as a youth. Um, and when I first saw Figment, I was like, what the heck? And um, I can see his appeal. Um, I, I think he's fun and, you know, I like his incorporation in certain festivals and some of the merchandise that you get with Figment, but I'm telling you what, this ride is so tough and I do not ever have to go on it. I've been on it one time and that was it for me. Well, the thing is, this ride is a little bit, well, it's not the original version. No. Right. Yep. So yeah. you have a lot of people that have the nostalgia of riding Journey into Imagination with Figment from the 80s, right? That's when Epcot opened. That's Correct. when this was new. People who were young in the 80s experiencing this ride. And Figment was so exciting. It was like, oh, it's a figment of your imagination. How clever. Let's, you know, use this little purple dragon guy and make him another big character for Epcot. So I think what they had at the beginning was really exciting and it got people invested in the story of Figment and Epcot. And now it's sort of just like, let's go through your sensory experience on this little weird ride where you go upside down 
where you feel like you're going upside yeah. down because the whole ride event, the attraction flips upside down, but you're just on this slow little boat thing. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, even even talking about it is probably making people doze off. Um, it's just it's just not. I think that. I, so I mean, yeah, I could skip it. And again, I'm I'm really I, I I swear to you, I'm not trying to show throw shade at poor Figment, but yeah, just the ride itself is like, you know, for me when I when I think about classifying a ride that I can skip every time, it typically has to do with when I get on that ride, in the middle of it, am I like, why did I get on this? And that for me is a why did I get on this? Well, you actually said that last time we wrote it. Yeah, I like like, got up. Why did we ride this? I unbuckled and was like, in show exit, I am out. I did not do that. Um, Please do not. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough out there. Um, The one thing I'll say about Figment is I'm kind of I'm looking at them right now on Google Images as I'm talking about this. I don't know why they have not started selling his rad little yellow um, quarter zip. Because I think that would sell really well, and it's it's nice. He's cute. It's a nice. No, I mean he's great. It's a nice little quarter zip. I think that they should uh, they should sell that thing and then just you know take the profits and reinvest it into the ride mechanics. There you go. Better. I think if they went back to the original, I think you'd get a lot of people who wanted to ride it again for the nostalgia of it. Um, I think it's not a popular ride anymore people still love figment they love him as a character and they love what he means in epcot um and in walt disney world in general but i think every time we've gone there has been zero line nobody is ever waiting to ride this ride that we've ever been um and now that may have changed um i know that the crowds are getting a bit busier and we haven't been at a super busy time in a while to Walt Disney World, but yeah, um, yeah, I think I think Disney would do well to go back to the original and just kind of spruce it up a little bit. Um, or yeah, just take it back to the bring, original version. Bring back the Dreamfinder and bring back uh, Robert Redford looking like Jeremiah Johnson, and uh, do it because I think that'd be better. I think people would really like it. There you go. Five. Right. Number five. I did mention this one um, in one of our previous episodes. And this one, I know some people really love this ride, but that is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I could honestly skip this one every time just because the line is so long for what you get. Um. I think it is so long because this can be known as more of like a kiddie coaster. You have a lot of families waiting in line for this because it's not so scary like some of the other roller coasters that you have in Walt Disney World. But I don't know, man. I could skip this one. It's it's not worth the wait for me. If there was no line, I would probably do this one or like a 15, 20-minute wait. But I've never been able to just walk right on up to this ride. So for the for the amount of time it takes out of my day, this one is a skip for me. I don't need to. Yeah, here's the rub with Seven Dwarves. It is it is arguably one of the better rides in Magic Kingdom. And uh Fantasyland folks, they're hurting for really good rides. I think I mean let me rephrase that. They're hurting for new good rides. Um 
you know, I mean, I never want to knock on the classics, so I'm not going to like those classic dark rides, except for later. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a great ride. But but you're right. I mean, the 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 weight for it, from what I can tell, is just disastrous. Now, granted, it has been a long time since we've ridden it, and I'm talking like six years since we've been on that thing. Yeah, that's five a long six time. years. So it may have really died down by then. And I think when we go back and then you've got Tron open and a bunch of other things open that people will be flocking toward, even though this is technically a family ride, I think that the weight might die down a little bit, in which case I'd be really willing to jump on it again. But this for me is one of those 30 minutes and under, I'd go on it. Anything over, I'm skipping it. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at like average wait times. And kind of at any given point of the day, it's at least 75 minutes. Like today, it was pretty much around an hour or more most of today, um, other than when the park first opened. So Yeah, right. And so then why why spend 75 minutes for that? I, I guess if you have little kids that want to ride a roller coaster for the first time, it would be worth it, but we waited way too long for this ride. And again, the it's a very modern ride. The animatronics were kind of cool, but it's those animatronics that Steven does not like with the projected faces onto yeah, those the three-dimensional. So bad, Disney. Come on, guys. <laughs> so for for us, this is a skip. If you love it, go for it. But we could skip it every time. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot more to say about it than that. Um, because it, it's it's I'm so torn because it's such a good ride in almost every way. It's such a great ride, and when we did finally get on it, I was like, "Please let us sit in the front." So we waited even longer just so we yeah. could sit in the very front. But I I had no problem with that. Well, at that point, we were already we were already out. Uh, yeah, solid we were few hours. Pot committed. So. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I'm skipping that one and I'm um, heading straight for something else. So the next one, similar, similar reasoning for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Yeah. So this next one is an Epcot and we're talking Frozen Ever After. Again, a really good ride for the most part. And I do not like Frozen, but this ride is, is great. But am I going to wait an hour for it? And stand or two. or two and stand in the hot Epcot sun, just bleeding my way out of the Norway pavilion down to wherever. Like, I don't think so. I do not think so. Yeah, it is. Uh, again, like Steven said, yeah. So I'm looking today at the wait times for this, it plateaued at about 80 minutes today. Um, for most of the day and that for me an hour and a half for this ride it's a dark ride yeah it's a boat ride there is a really cool part where you kind of dip down and you weren't expecting it um that was very surprising when we did ride this the only reason we rode this a few years ago was because it was the very end of the night all the little kids must have gone back to their hotels for the evening and the line was really short, so we squeezed in one yeah. one ride just so we could say we did it. And I actually, like Steven said, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good ride. 
but I I could skip this one every time I've done it once. It was fun. If there was ever no wait, if you ever happen to be there first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening and there's a short line, try to go ahead and do it. But if you have to wait any amount of time for this, it just seems to me like it's not worth the wait. Similar to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, great new ride with the weird animatronics, uh, with the projected faces on the 3D bodies, but very good ride, just not worth waiting an hour and a half or more. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I think that part of the reason we did go on it too was that was our full-size margarita day. So Yes, it was. I think we were just kind of like, oh man, it's late and let's just, you know, what do we have to lose? Um and the fact, I guess, is nothing. We didn't have anything to lose because now we're talking about it. But um, yeah, the thing too is 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 it's it's really hard for me to justify waiting in line for anything super long in World Showcase because if you're in the Norway Pavilion already, I mean, you can just hang out in like the Fjording's shop, or you can go and you know you can go like get really really good food at their bakery. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I personally would rather I personally would rather have school bread or something like that or just go shopping in Norway than wait in line for this ride. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, 30 minutes or less, I would consider it. No, yeah. you know what? I think 20 minutes or less yeah, I would do this ride. probably. Because then you have to factor in the time of loading onto the ride. I don't know. I I just feel like there's so many other things we do in Epcot when we're there that we are never like, let's take an hour and a half of our day and go wait in line for Frozen Ever After. So yeah. we just skip it. I, I wouldn't, um, I, I wouldn't even watch Frozen with my worst enemy's eyeballs. So I don't know why I would wait an hour and a half in this line. Stephen um, is very anti-Frozen. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think it's overrated. There are several other Disney movies that have been better, but... Yeah, um, like Moana, Encanto, right. Tangled. Right. There's a lot of better films. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Frozen, not but so But that's much. our opinion, and most of you probably, if you have kids, have yeah. probably watched Frozen 800 times. Right. I mean, retweets are not endorsements. I just, I, I, I just, it's not, it's just not my favorite, and yep. I would skip it. So we could skip that one every time. Well, the next one, we are jumping back to Magic Kingdom. Um, and this one I know I've mentioned before that I could skip because Steven likes this one, but I would skip this every time. And that is before, the Country Bear oh, Jamboree. Just, I spoiled you. No, no, it's okay. I was going to say before you say it, I do want to say I could also skip it if I had to. But I also really like it because it's easy just to jump into and watch it and it's fun and, and fine. Um, but I don't have to. I mean, if I had the choice between this or PhilharMagic or the Tiki Room, the Country Bear's got to go. Good. So in that vein, I could skip it. It's not important to me to see that show. Yeah, this one, I don't know. The bears are creepy. The music's weird. No, no. I, I, no. <laughs> I just cannot get down with the Country Bear Jamboree. I'm not... I'm not against, like, Western and country music, which Stephen does not like country music, but I kind of grew up on country music. I like the classics. Um, this, for me, the bears are creepy. It's kind of like 
you just got transported into Chuck E. Cheese in like 1996, but they're singing Western songs. I don't know. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I could skip this every time. I don't, I do not know what it is about, about it, but I, I really do like this a lot. Um, it's so charming to me. And um, it's just really, I don't know, because I don't really like country music. <laughs> and I, I don't, don't really particularly like, let's just put it this way. I would never go to the Hoopty Doo Review, ever. So I think if you put that together with Country Bear Jamboree, it's like, what are you talking about? But um, I do like bears. And so I think the bears kind of are, are slick is enough for me. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it's my love for bears. Um, if hillbillies are in bear form, then I can I can dig it. Like I, I like if I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody. But if you're wearing overalls and like one of the straps is broken, like go see a tailor. <laughs> but if you're wearing overalls and your strap is broken and you're a bear, like God bless it. That's that's good news, man. <laughs> that's some good stuff. And um, anyway, I like a bear with a. Uh, with a broken strap on his, on his, his or her, on his or her um, overalls. There so you go. It's a yeah. It's it's a good thing. Um, but, I could but skip it every time. But shove, I'll skip it with you in Thank solidarity you. for the Thank bears. Thank you. You bet. All right, you're up. Okay, uh, this one right here, I am sort of holding my breath saying because I know how popular this one is, but. We could skip Peter Pan's flight every time. Yeah. As a matter of fact. We do. <laughs> I don't even know if we've been on it together before. I don't think we have been on it together. The thing with Peter Pan's flight is that it is, first of all, I don't love the movie Peter Pan. I love Peter Pan. I mean, yeah, riding on a pirate ship over London, la la la, like that's great. But I, I just, I don't. I don't need to go on it every time. And 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 the price tag that you pay for that line, like, I mean, people say this all the time, but time is money in Disney. And if I'm spending upwards of an hour plus waiting for this thing, that just feels like a waste of money. Yeah, again, today, the standby times for Peter Pan, it kind of hovered around 60 minutes. It peaked today around... A hundred minutes. Yeah, that is so dumb. That's a lot for, that is a whole lot for like a fantasy land. Yeah. Dark ride. I mean, you Jeez. can ride Pinocchio's Daring Adventure or Journey or whatever it's called. Or Winnie the Pooh. Um, or Yeah, any of these. And there's still a have ton a good of night. other ones. But like, I don't know. And plus there's still that fear too that the that the pirate ship is going to break and you're going to collapse to your tiny miniature London death. Um and I just don't want that. It, what makes it so much more popular than the other dark rides? Is it just that you get lifted up in your pirate ship? It's got to be the novelty, I think, of it being up be. on the pirate ship and flying around. I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why it's so popular. I like Peter Pan the movie a lot. Um, I've seen a lot of the different, you know, spinoffs. I like the movie Hook. I love Finding Neverland, the musical. Like, I really like a lot of these aspects of it, but... The ride for me is just so overrated. I don't need to wait a hundred minutes to do a dark ride in Fantasyland. Now, yeah. when we take our daughter, we'll definitely be spending more time in Fantasyland. But I want to try to maximize my time when I'm there and get on as many of those 
family-friendly rides as possible. So spending 100 minutes waiting for something that I could do four other dark rides in that same time just seems a little bit like we'll hit that one when it's not super crowded. Yeah, I I was I was going to comment that, you know, I don't the last thing that I ever want to do with our daughter and our uh um, on our next trip is is going to be like you don't have to go on this one cuz dad pre-tested it and it's no good. But yeah, I mean if if I if I did that to her then she would never go on anything. So I have to be excited about everything including 100 minute waits for Frozen and Peter Pan and Seven Dwarves Mine Train like it's all going to happen and I just need to be completely prepared for it. But similarly, I would never wait in line to meet a character like ever. And I have a suspicion I'm going to be doing a lot of that in the future. Yeah. Um, do you want to hit us with number nine? Number nine. This one, I picked this one. Um, that is Finding Nemo's Submarine Voyage. I cannot get on this ride. I legitimately cannot get myself to ride this. I'm claustrophobic. Nothing about going into a tiny submerged vessel underwater sounds thrilling or exciting or fun nor is it worth riding for me even though i love finding nemo it does not sound like my idea of a good time so i will skip this every single time i go to disneyland you've never ever been on it nope yeah so in 2007 this ride reopened up um it used to just be some regular submarine ride and they made it a nemo um nemo version it is iconic in in the way that it looks. Um, the submarines are beautiful. The experience is beautiful. But what you have to understand about this ride is that you. So it's it's to me this is probably the wildest boarding experience out there. Um, if you don't know, or if you've never experienced this ride, you step up onto the top of the submarine, and there's a hatch that opens up. And you have to very gingerly walk down a semi-spiral staircase and make your way all the way to the end and have a seat in these extraordinarily narrow rows. There's two, one facing left, one facing right. And then you have a seat and you look out a porthole and you are on this thing for 14 whole minutes. No, thank you. So there's only one way that this ride is great, and that is if you're the last one on. Because then you're right next to the staircase and you were the last one on and you can hop right off. But it's very, very unlikely that that's going to be the case. So um, the last time I rode this, I think I might have been 14 or 15 years old. And uh, I'm not ashamed to tell you that I was always a fairly small kid. I'm still not a super tall dude. Um, but when I was 14 and I was a lot smaller, I even felt... Like I was going to panic on this thing a little bit because of how tight and claustrophobic it was. And now I can't even imagine what it would be like getting on this and sitting there underwater looking out. Um, no, thank you. And the thing is that it's actually really cool. The experience is really cool. I'm sure it is. But it's it's a little it's a little anxiety ridden to get on this this thing. I just don't like being underwater in general, nor do I like being in confined spaces. So this just sounds like not my idea of a good time. Um, it is actually close for refurbishment right now. So I'm not sure when this ride will even be back up, but 
This is in Disneyland in the Tomorrowland area. So if you haven't been on it and you don't like confined spaces or feeling trapped, you can skip this one with me. If you like Finding Nemo and you don't mind being in confined spaces, well then, to each their own. But this is a skip for us every time. Yeah, and I think that this is one of those rides that could definitely be um, reimagined because they could make it a little bit bigger, I think, and it would be fine. If it was just like a touch bigger and it would be a little bit easier to get into, then I think it would be a different story. But it is tight quarters in that sucker. So... Proceed with caution, especially if you're claustrophobic and um, you're just like not trying to <laughs> not trying to be uh, thrust into full panic mode. There you go. All right. Last one. Do you want to do the honors? Yeah, I will do the honors. So the last thing that we can skip every time if we are in a Disney park and in this case specifically Hollywood Studios, that would be Slinky Dog Dash. Hot take. Hot take. Um, listen, th- the thing is that Slinky Dog Dash seems great. And there's a lot of it that is very fun. Um, the line, for one, the ride itself, the fact that you are, you know, f- driving and, and, and soaring through Uh, Andy's backyard on one of the best characters in all of Toy Story. But like I said, you know, time is money when you're, when you're in Disney and the amount of time that you have to allot to get on this ride is um, immense to put it lightly. Yeah. It's a lot. This is sort of same situation as the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Frozen Ever After, you get some of these roller coasters that are more friendly for kids and families will wait in line for as long as they need to to let their kid ride this. So Slinky Dog Dash is no exception. Um, This is another one that we've never really seen the line less than like, you know, an hour, definitely, but it's usually 75, 80, 90 minutes. Um, and so we've never waited in line that long for it now if you see this one with a shorter wait time take advantage of it because it is not very common for this one to have a shorter wait time um we've stood and watched this ride several times steven was drinking a coke and dropped his coke while he was watching it he was just so how would you say that (laughs) he was so um enthused by watching the ride and taking pictures of it that he just dropped his coca-cola yeah and i littered in disney and i was like well (laughs) there you have it mr mr disney litterman so that was a good memory but (laughs) he got some good photos out of it so this is one someday if our daughter wants to ride it i guess i'll wait in line with all the other people who wait in line with their kids for it but um if you're just adults or you have older kids there's plenty of other really worthwhile rides in Hollywood studios to wait in line for to take an hour and a half chunk out of your day. Um, I don't know. When I think about things I can skip, I think about what are things that are taking away from me maximizing my time and doing the things that I have to see. And if I'm waiting in line for an hour and a half for something, it's going to be Smuggler's Run. Or if I'm waiting in line for two hours, it's going to be Rise of the Resistance or something else that 
yeah. is worth waiting that long or, or for. Or even like a Tower of Terror kind of thing or Rock and Roller Coaster. Right. Or some of the big Something ones. more thrilling. Not to yeah. say that some of these less thrilling rides aren't as fun. They are just as fun sometimes. It's just what are you... What are you not wanting to miss out on? And for me, I'm willing to miss out on these less thrilling rides. Yeah, um, I hear to you. To maximize my time. Yeah, I, I mean it's yeah, same thing. I, I don't, I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait around for this one. Um, I'll skip it, and I'm not going to feel super bad about it if I do. Um, I do have an honorable mention that I, I forgot to add on our list, and. Um, I really don't like Small World, and I will skip it every single time I'm there unless I'm Ooh. my hand is forced to go on it. Well, I usually like to ride this ride, and I like to sing the song obnoxiously. That is not why I like to skip it. <laughs> For the record, I just don't like it. Do you have any honorable mentions of things? I, I mean, you said Country Bears. But is there anything I really like to do that you feel like you could skip every time, but you don't because I like it? Um... Well, no, because a lot of the things that you really like. I don't have bad taste. That's It's thing. that I don't ride them. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that I'm saying I think I would skip this every time, but things like Tower of Terror or Rock mm -hmm. and Roller Coaster, like some of the rides that I haven't been able to um, get brave enough to ride it in a while or to ride it for the first time. Sure. Um, so I wouldn't really say those are. Worth skipping, I would just say for me, you know, I got to suck it up and try it. Yeah. I hear you. Yep. So I, I can't really think of any other ones that I would skip. I mean, like, I don't have to do Enchanted Tiki Room. I know you love that one, getting the Dole Whip. I think it's fun. Yeah. But I don't I don't have to skip it every time. I do it because you like to do it. It's a fun thing that your family used to do. Um, and so I get my Dole Whip and I go with you. And that's sort of part of our little routine um, and our little Disney day. So Yeah, our little Disney checklist. Um, th this was kind of an interesting and hard episode for me to do because there's a there's a very large part of me that says I don't actually have to do anything when I'm in Disney. Um, I am super content to get there and just chill. And And part of that is, you know, me having having had the opportunity to have gone as many times as we have, so I'm not really rushing to and fro to get on stuff. But I, I mean, I, I would, I would forego, you know, certain big things because I just like being there. And that sounds kind of kind of lame and cliche, but I, I do like just being there. So um, some things are more easy than others to skip for me. But I think these, this list of ten was was definitely, um, you know, if anything had to go, I think I think these were it. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to it's hard to even come up with a list of things to skip just because, you know, the caliber of Disney and the work that the Imagineers have done in the last 50 years at Walt Disney World specifically, but you know, in the last what is it, almost 75 years yeah. of Disneyland. Um 75? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Almost yeah. 75, right? Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's so, so much magic that can be found in any of these six parks that we've talked about in depth. Um, and so when we, when we say these are things that we can skip, obviously this is objective. And so, you know, do what is best for you and your family or, or whoever you're going with. 
Um, we're just here to give you kind of our opinion based on what we do every time and what we've done in the past. So, so this is a hard list to come up with, but um, hopefully you can take a little something from it and, and maybe kind of figure out how you want to prioritize and maximize your time. Yeah, so I think uh, I think that's going to about wrap it up for us on this episode. We really, really appreciate everyone who's listened and um, who's followed along with us. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been able to sort of keep track of some of our um, podcast analytic data, and we've we've seen pretty steady downloads weekly, and that's been really exciting and honestly really encouraging because. Um, you know, it's easy, I think, to start some stuff like this and be like, well, you know, we're not really doing much and it's not really worth it. Uh, but this, to me, has felt really worth it. And um, we really appreciate everyone who listens and who's engaged with us and followed along and written about show topics, which uh, we definitely have a lot of ideas for um, moving forward. So as always, you can find us on the Parks Academy at Instagram. Uh, we post daily there and have a lot of fun stuff going on. We also have a Patreon. Um, the name of that is just the Parks Academy. So if you look up the Parks Academy, you will see us. Uh, we have a handful of different tiers, so feel free to jump in anywhere you want to. Um, if you feel so obliged, we have some fun content coming out, uh, bonus stuff. We release episodes early. We are you know, kind of engaging with the fans and, and people who are interested. So be sure to jump in on there, and um, we would love to have you. And uh, the only other thing I have to say is if you are so inclined, we would love to have you, you know, share some of this with your friends if they are also Disney fans or if you know anyone who is planning a trip to Disney. Um, hopefully any of the topics that we've discussed and any of the topics that we discuss in the future um, will help out. So once again, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our show, The Parks Academy. We uh, dearly, dearly appreciate it. And we will catch you next time.